when a home is put on the market, every buyer on the sideline sees it. Inventory is so low that there's truly no way of missing it. Buyers reach out to their agents to schedule the showing and they pile up outside the home like the zombies did on the wall in the movie World War Z. Welcome to the Real Estate in Michigan Audio Experience podcast with your host and local real estate professional, Andrew McManaman. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Real Estate in the Mitten podcast. I'm your host, Andrew McManaman, a licensed real estate professional in the great state of Michigan. Today, I'm going to go over the question that everyone is asking. Why are home prices so expensive? Well, stay tuned to find out. These days, it's not out of the ordinary to see a multiple offer scenario on a house that results in $20,000 over asking price. As these transactions follow the same suit across the nation, these sold figures create a comparable selling price to homeowners who are thinking of selling in the near future. It becomes a vicious cycle because at the end of the day, it's about how much a buyer is willing to spend for a home that determines real estate prices in the market. Obviously, you will need to factor in inflation, supply and demand, and the fact that according to the Pew Research Center and anyone who has followed the history of wages and housing prices, the growth has an extreme imbalance. Wages grow on average 2 to 3% a year today, whereas back in the 70s and 80s, wages would grow 8 to 9% per year. That is absolutely insane. In today's economy, the highest wage growth will go to the top 2 to 3% of the population anyway. According to a Harvard University study about housing, the ratio of median home price to median income was 4.1, meaning the median price of housing is 4.1 times greater than the median income. So when an older person gets on you about not moving into your first home at the age of 20 or 21, you now have the facts to support your argument that it simply isn't that easy to do anymore. One of the biggest answers to why are homes so expensive is the supply and demand issue. If you've been following me for a while or any other real estate professional for that matter, we have been creating awareness for low inventory to just show how important the topic truly is. Okay, so who cares if there's not a lot of homes on the market? Well, you should, especially if you're looking to buy one or sell one for that matter. Low inventory and low mortgage rates as of late are just driving prices higher. It creates a substantial amount of demand on the buyer side, which is exactly why buyers are willing to spend $20,000 over asking price to get a home in today's market. Just to create a little perspective, when a home is put on the market, every buyer on the sideline sees it. Inventory is so low that there's truly no way of missing it. Buyers reach out to their agents to schedule the showing and they pile up outside the home like the zombies did on the wall in the movie World War Z. Ray Thomas, who is a senior economist at Wilmington Trust in Philadelphia, laid out five points that truly explain what has been affecting the housing prices over the years. First off, the increase in local zoning laws. When restrictions are created as to where homes can be built, builders lack a little confidence that is, these less desirable areas won't be appealing to potential buyers. In doing so, this lowers the overall supply of homes, as with these restrictions comes stricter permit requirements that will cost more, resulting in higher-priced new construction homes. A new construction home that's overpriced and is not in a desirable location is a risk most builders are not willing to take. But you might be thinking to yourself, a new house sounds awesome in an area that isn't necessarily the best. Fair point. But this location isn't just something on a want list. Most people need a desirable location for an easy commute to their workplace. Secondly, 
As I mentioned in a lot of my previous videos, podcasts, whatever, new construction costs are high. There's a shortage of lumber, which is a prime example of supply and demand. Low supply, higher demand, higher prices. Not only is lumber a costly item, so are some of those items that are purchased overseas, such as wall panels, flooring, metals, and other finishes, because tariffs were raised 10 to 25%. That was done in the previous administration, though, so obviously things have a pension to change. On top of all that, land is not getting any cheaper either, if you've seen that at all. As I mentioned before, builders are lacking confidence. Some of the seasoned builders are having flashbacks about the 2007-2008 housing crisis and truly don't know what to expect the future to hold. This was a point that was heavily realized at the end of 2020, so you can bet that the confidence has since increased just a little bit because of the disbursement of COVID vaccines and the economy has since bounced back just a little bit. That brings us to lower interest rates. As a buyer of any product out there, the rate at which you pay interest for the term of the loan is very appealing, especially when it's low. So we can agree it makes sense for there to be a plethora of buyers on the sidelines looking for a home right now. Low interest rates plus COVID unemployment relief plus stimulus check equals more buying opportunity than most even know what to do with. The National Association of Realtors did a generational trend report recently and found that the demographics of homebuyers are changing drastically. 38% of homebuyers are millennials, and with changing demographic comes a new set of wants and needs in the real estate market. The big question is, who is feeling the effects of this new real estate market? First-time homebuyers for sure. Years ago, your parents may or not have told you to start saving up for a house, so they suggested you dump a little from each paycheck into your piggy bank and never touch it until the time comes. When that time comes, you have, let's just say, $20,000 for that down payment and closing costs. But the house you want to start your life in has this insane multiple offer scenario bidding war going on, and they ask for the highest and best offer in two days, and the agent mentions it's well over asking price. You save that $20,000 for a normal situation where you put in an offer on a decently priced home, and you get it accepted, well, now you're having to bring another ten dollars to $20,000 to the table on top of that. Most first-time homebuyers can't afford that, and they take a seat on the sidelines or temporarily lease a place until another home pops up. It honestly is just a terrible situation, and not only for first-time homebuyers, but for investors as well. With higher demand comes a higher overall cost, so many investors aren't finding all the deals they once were. So, they don't invest as much, and this eliminates renting opportunities to first-time homebuyers who can't find a home. But for the investors that can pile up all this capital to buy something overpriced, they are charging more for rent to match the demand for housing, which also poses issues for affordability. See how everyone plays a vital role in the real estate cycle? I know it all sounds temporary, and the market will snap back like it always does, but what if it doesn't, let's just say? Urban Institute came out with a report recently that found that if the housing market continues in the direction it is for the next two decades, homeownership will decline 62.1%. Two decades seem like a long time, but keep in mind that the housing market has been struggling to keep up demand for the past decade. There really hasn't been this crazy surplus of homes in the recent years. That brings us to another frequently asked question, though. Is the housing market going to crash in 2021 or 2022? The answer is, duh, 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 not likely. The economy is expected to grow 5.3% this year, according to recent commentary from the Economic and Strategic Research Group. 
Housing activity will surely remain strong, but most likely will simmer down just a little bit the second half of 2021. As I mentioned earlier, the real estate market depends on the activity between buyers and sellers. So to get a little glimpse of the future, a survey of consumer expectations was done to figure out how many people think it's a good or bad time to sell or buy a home. Compared to the survey conducted previously, respondents who said it's a good time to buy decreased 5% to a total of 52% of the respondents, whereas the respondents who said it's a bad time to buy increased 4% to a total of 39% of respondents. And those who said it's a good time to sell a home decreased 9% to a total of 50% of respondents, whereas the percentage who said it's a bad time to sell increased 9% to a total of 42%. Respondents who think home prices will go down increased actually to 3% at a total of 16%, and the people who think prices will stay the same decreased 1% to a total of 34%. And lastly, those who took the survey who believe their income was higher than it was 12 months ago dropped 4%, whereas the people who said it stayed the same increased 4%. So why do any of these percentage matter? Because like I said, the real estate market depends on activities done by buyers and sellers. And that's exactly what you, me, and these surveyors are. Thank you, as always, for listening to my podcast. If you would, follow, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on the platform you listen to this on. I would greatly appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode.